Welcome back, Cal listeners. This is Methodical Millions, episode 28. Cal, we covered a couple of the Greeks, and I think on your suggestion, you wanted to cover theta. What is theta exactly, and why is it important? To put simply, theta is time decay. So options depreciate as time passes by. They are depreciable securities. So let's use an example of an option that expires one month from now. So there's value in that option, and it consists of two values. You have intrinsic value and extrinsic value. If the option is in the money, it has some sort of intrinsic value, and it has extrinsic value with it. If the option is out of the money, then it consists of entirely of extrinsic value. Extrinsic value is the time value, meaning that there is that time, which is one month, for the option to expire in hopes of that option to get into the money. So that time that's left has value, and as time passes day by day, that value drops. So to put it shortly, that's what it really is. Yeah, so time value is interesting because the most shocking part of options trading, I find, is realizing the first time an option expires that you're holding and you sit back and say, well, what happened? Where'd my money go? So I think the allure of getting into options first came from some kind of article where someone decided to switch to options trading. And it does sound quite appealing as an opportunity and long-term, the right ways to study them, not to blindly buy them and they are quite complex which is why we wanted to do a mini series on them but slowly understanding the value of them and how they work i think is super important so when i started i think it was with buying and the thing with time value is that as you're learning and buying and seeing how options move at face value you just see the option go up or down there's a lot of things going on but most people, including myself, really don't know what's going on in terms of the numbers or what those little symbols mean and why an option moves or not. And I would argue, even with the stock market, short-term traders or even novice investors, without having an investment thesis or really understanding something and having conviction, it's almost the same thing. It's almost just getting on a boat without knowing which direction it's going in, what the weather's going to be like and all sorts of things. So it's definitely a hard lesson you have to learn, which is why we've always encouraged to start with a very small amount of capital. Because the thing about learning from principles is that they'll apply whether using $100 or a million. And if the lesson you can learn is the exact same from the 100, why would you spend a million dollars or a thousand dollars? It doesn't really make sense. You'll get less opportunities at bat and you'll probably get scared from investing, you'll say, oh, that's not worth my time. So Theta, I was doing some homework as well. And I've personally never sold options, but I did hear in an options contract book that selling an option, Theta is actually on your side. Is that true, Cal? And why would Theta be important as an option seller? It is important either way, but it's beneficial for you as an option seller. So that is correct that Whether you sold calls or puts, time decay would be in your favor. Because you are the seller of that contract, as time goes by, 
the value of the option drops. And if you sell something today for $100, and then in one week, the same thing is worth $50, you would think that you were ahead and I sold that at $100. Now in the market, it's worth 50 bucks. So I was ahead of the market. So as time goes by, that time decay happens and means the value of the contract depreciate, as you mentioned in the beginning. So it's a depreciable security. Normally, the earlier you sell it, the more beneficial it is. But there is a point where actually the time decay is so slow that it might not actually make perfect sense to sell it. Let's use the one-month example. If you sell, let's say, a call option at a certain strike, regardless of what strike it is, if you sell an out-of-the-money option at, let's say, $10, 30 days out, and then when you are seven days out, when you're nearing expiration, if it's still out of the money, it's not going to be worth that much. It's going to be worth significantly less. And that loss in value is the time decay. So what happens is because you sold it 30 days earlier for a lot higher, and now it's worth a lot less, you can either close your position by buying it back at a lower price, or some people might just think, you know what, I'll take the risk and hold it all the way, hoping for the contract to expire. But there are a lot of risks to that. So whether it's a strategic move or not, that's another point of discussion, but that's basically it. Because if you think of it, when you buy an option, and time decays and it drops in value, it's hurting you. So it must be beneficial for the counterparty who sold you that option. So yes, in the case of selling options, it could be very beneficial. There are also risks to that with selling options. You can arguably make money through time decay as time goes by, but you would be risking a lot more capital compared to buying the option. So when you buy an option, you have a relatively small risk capital compared to what your potential returns can be, but your probability of success would be lower than selling it. So if you sell the option, you have a significantly higher probability of success, but a significantly lower potential return on capital. Yeah. So the math for theta is expressed in value per year. And apparently you have to divide by the number of days in a year. So I guess my question is, Cal, if you've done that math before, are you dividing by the 365 or are you dividing by the remaining days in the year? What's the way to interpret theta if you see a number? What do you think? So the formula behind it, I actually don't know. But every single broker nowadays will provide the Greeks in terms of what your delta would be, what your gamma would be, and what your theta and vega would be. So theta would be shown at a certain value. And that value, as you see it from the broker's side, would be the value of change in the options price per day. So let's say you're looking to buy a call option. And that call option has a theta of negative 20. Then that means at the point of you purchasing that call, theta would be decaying at the pace of around $20 per day. It's not a fixed amount, so it doesn't decay at $20 per day every day. But that's a good idea to know where you're starting from because it depends if the option is in the money, out of the money, or at the money. All that has an effect of what the theta value and theta decay would be. But assuming all the other variables are constant and unchanged, like the stock price, the volatility is not changed, then theta would be decaying at that rate per day. 
So it's a per day basis. If the option is more in the money, it has a higher intrinsic value. So that means the time decay would be less per day. And the deeper the option gets in the money, the slower the time decay happens. It still happens, but because it represents a smaller percentage of the value of the option, it happens at a slower rate. And 90 days away from the option, it slowly starts to be noticeable. And then around the 45-day mark, all the way to one week to the expiration, it accelerates exponentially if it's out of the money or at the money. Yeah. Is there a reason why the 45-day mark is so important for options? And it seems like that's a critical turning point. If you study options traders who are quite successful, a lot will mention trading outside of that 45-day window. I suppose it's because of a lot less gamma risk and gamma could be a drop in delta. So if you're long biased on a call, 45 days out. So we talked about avoiding an increase in theta. So you don't want your option to decay rapidly. That's a risk factor for you. If the position doesn't yet get to where you want it to be, keep in mind because options expire, you can be right, but just wrong on the timing, which still means you lose. So if gamma goes high, which is a huge drop in the delta because you're out of the money and it looks like everything comes crashing down in that last 45 days, is there any theory or reasoning behind that 45-day mark or is it just chosen arbitrarily? It is proven mathematically. Not too long ago, just over a decade ago, if you wanted to trade options, you would buy them on a monthly cycle and a monthly option would expire on the third Thursday of every month. Or you can buy them on a quarterly cycle or longer, which is one year out, two years out, etc. And within the previous decade, that's when they started to introduce weekly options. So they're relatively new in the grand scheme of things. So what happens is, as you approach those 45 days, to put it simply for the sake of our discussion, is that you have now very little time for the option to get into the money. And it depends, obviously, at what strike price. So that's important. Now, we're assuming that we're using an out-of-the-money option, as you proposed. So it depends how out-of-the-money the option is. But having said that, just to go back to the in-the-money option, even if you're 45 days out, but the option is in the money, then the decay will not be as fast as an option that's out-of-the-money. And the reason for that is the closer you are to expiration, because the stock has less time to hit that strike price, so the value drops. And as you approach the expiration date, and let's say the stock is not moving much, then that out-of-the-money option becomes less and less likely to be in the money. If it's out-of-the-money at expiration, it's worthless. So that is why it accelerates and what it needs for it to go back up is either increased volatility or it being in the money and then has some intrinsic value to prop up the price again, which is why it makes it tricky for short-dated options to be traded. And the appeal of the short-dated options is incredibly attractive in volatile times because generally they're quite cheap and because they're short-dated, meaning they have not much extrinsic value left. But if there's increased volatility in the market, then the prices would be propped up. There's a chance for the option to be in the money 
And if it actually becomes in the money, there is value added there in terms of intrinsic value. So they are very, very risky. Statistically speaking, they are more likely to fail than to be profitable. The idea is knowing when to trade the short dated options is what makes the difference in these scenarios. Because theta works against you here, it'll take a lot of movement from the stock price for it to actually prop up higher than where you paid for that option in the first place. Yeah, so the allure of weeklies, just to kind of add a talking point there, if you could spend $100 and make a 20x return or a 10x return, that definitely gets to sound appealing for a lot of people. And it's amazing how, I mean, you've mentioned this before. So take someone who wants you to trade their money or who wants to get into options. Why do they get burned? Because they're not accounting for what's actually going on. And I would say that people fail short term because they give up and they don't go through learning all the mechanics of why they failed and take any athlete or people who are the best at what they do. And failure is learning. Understanding is learning. So these are all critical aspects of realizing what happened, why, and how do you improve or how do you use it to your advantage? So if you got burned by an out-of-the-money option, whether it was theta or like you said, maybe some volatility that made you overbuy in price and then it cooled and all of a sudden you can't flip it or the liquidity is terrible. So the clever way to use it at your advantage is start selling. And there's another layer of risk in terms of being assigned. And we talked about option assignment, but over time, this could be super powerful and valuable in a lot of ways. Like we talked about insurance policies and hedging your long positions, maybe hedging a short position, all sorts of stuff. So if you're serious about finance or how the world works, these are just knowable quantities. There's something you can study and there's no excuse for not learning them, at least having a basic understanding. So I wanted to walk through the weekly option and the leap. So I like taking things to the extremes to help understand what's going on. So it looks like theta in a weekly option will have decay that accelerates. So if you're using that 20 cent example, and for our listeners, theta is negative as a value when you're buying an option and positive when you're selling for the reasons that it works against you when you're buying and you want it to decay when you're selling because that means you capture your whole premium and it doesn't go the other way. But back to that weekly for a second. So if a $5 options contract times your 100 is $500, so a nominal amount of capital, and there's maybe three days left. So would theta on its own decay a third since there's three days left? Would it actually decay maybe $150 a day? Or Cal, would you say that all else equal, so no other factors, would the option decay by 50 the first day? maybe 100 the next day and 350 the next day. So is there still this acceleration towards the zero day to expiry, which is a term of saying the option expires today? Is that acceleration like a black hole? So trading a zero day option is essentially suicide if it's out of the money. What does the theta look like really, really close to expiry? I know we talked about the 45 day mark, but 
What does it look like sub five days in the last week? So your example of three days, the short answer is yes, you would see accelerated time decay. At what rate it depends on how far out the money that option is. But assuming the price of the option is $5 or $500 after multiplying it by the option contract multiplier, which is 100. So $500 is what you spend on the option. Then yeah, let's say three days away from expiration, you probably lose 150. Then two days from expiration, you might lose 175. And then the day of expiration, if the option is still out of the money, assuming everything else is equal, theta would equal to the option contract value. So by day three, the day of expiration, let's say 150 plus 175 is 325. So what's left on the day of expiration, if you look at theta for that day, it will look like 175. That would be your theta decay for that day because it decays throughout the day on day of expiration. So normally you look at it, maybe first step of theta decay, market opens at 9.30. So maybe around closer to 10.30 and then sometime around noon or one o'clock or two o'clock, I think. And then towards the end, the last couple hours, the remaining of theta happens. And then that's when the option is effectively at no value, near zero. So that's how it's going to look like. The exact math depends on how far out the money the option is. Because you have other factors, right? You still have gamma, you still have delta, vega, all that come into play here. But that's what's going to look like. So if you were to buy an option at the day of expiration, you're effectively saying, I'll buy this option for $175 and it expires today. I should be prepared mentally that I'm going to lose the whole thing. And there's a high probability that that would happen even if the underlying is volatile. Because if that option is out of the money by a dollar, you might have a good chance of succeeding, but nothing is guaranteed. If you're buying a way out of the money option because it's very cheap on the expiration, it is basically burning your cash because even though the underlying could be going your way, but the option is still out of the money, then you would still be losing against time decay. Yeah, I think because let's just wrap up the two concepts. Gamma is going to be very low out of the money. It's not close to at the money. So the rates of change of gamma does not outpace the loss in theta. Can we pick an example of the opposite? So a leap, because I don't study them too much. What happens if you buy an option? And let's use a similar one. So out of the money, but you've got a year to expiry. So would theta be almost a constant or very small in terms of magnitude? And would that have a big effect on things like delta or gamma? Would any of those be drowned out because there's such a long expiry? How does that work in terms of theta's impact on a really far out option in terms of time? Yeah, just to recap quickly, a leap, all it is, is an option that expires either a year or longer from now. So in your example, yes, if you look at the theta for a leap, regardless of where it sits, and let's say it's an out of the money option, then that long-term option would have a theta. And that theta would effectively be a constant, like you said, give or take. It's not exact, but you're talking maybe a few cents off. And that would be the case all the way, pretty much, approaching expiration. Because you have such a long time 
for that stock to try to hit that strike price. So that's why long-dated options are generally more expensive. You're paying for that time value. If it turns from one year to 90 days out and the option's still out of the money, that's when you start slowly seeing the increase in theta. And then again, as you get to 60 days, 45 days, 30 days, that's when you see the acceleration in theta again. But correct, that is why leaps can be attractive if you're buying a deep in the money leap with high delta, you have very, very low theta. So the time decay would be very, very little. Delta would be generally high if it's in the money. There's a trick also with leaps. I guess it's a good segue for our next episode. They are highly exposed to volatility. So high volatility, even if it's in the money, can actually affect the price of the long-term option quite noticeably. To what extent depends on the volatility of the stock, on how deep in the money the stock is. But generally, long-dated options have quite noticeable high vega, which is affected by the volatility of the stock. Wow, I thought I was so close to cracking the code and you threw another Greek at us. I was going to say, well, if you're rich and you have unlimited source of capital, could you not just de-risk this whole option strategy by buying really far out leaps? And as long as you get the long-term direction of a company, right? Like some of the big names, it almost makes sense. So if theta is non-existent or very small when you're deep in the money, why not just buy a deep in the money weekly? And you don't even have to hold it to expiry, but let's say you want to sell it on the Friday afternoon of expiry. Could there be value there of trading an option that way where theta is so small that you want to get the direction right and the delta will stay high? Is that not a valid strategy? What are the risks for doing something like that? You can. The risks with that is the extrinsic value would be very, very low which means the theta or time decay would be very small, deep in the money, even if it's a weekly option. But what happens there is you're paying for intrinsic value. So can you do that? Yes, you definitely can do that. But again, because it has a high delta, then every dollar change in the underlying price is going to affect the option. And generally, they'd be more expensive. If you're buying a slightly in the money option on a weekly for a volatile stock, then there's the risk of it being out of the money. So yes, you can. It does make more sense to buy options that have higher deltas, generally speaking, which means basically more in the money for weeklies. But if you're planning on selling the option on the Friday for a deep in the money option, the extrinsic value would be so little that almost none of it would be left by Friday because it's mostly intrinsic value at that point. Yeah. So you're basically just getting back what you paid, less your commissions, and it's almost not a worthwhile endeavor. I'm just trying to figure out how to de-risk these wipeout events. So if it's deep in the money, you've got a good delta. That's the question I'm going to pose. So can you essentially not game the system, but be clever about it so that you have a path to success with options? And we'll ask that to our listeners. If you have any ideas or theories, or if you studied some on the side and you came across something cool, definitely drop us a line. So with that said, we'll wrap up today's episode. That was Methodical Millions, episode 28. If you'd like to follow future episodes, you can find us at methodicalmillions.com 
or info at methodicalmillions.com for episode feedback. Thanks, everyone.